Hello and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast, we're just a group of friends who like talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and superhero movies. My name's Everett, and this is one of the uh, for, a- aforementioned sci-fi movies that we're discussing in this episode. Blade Runner, the sequel, the very late sequel... Blade Runner 2049 is coming out in a couple weeks, so we wanted to revisit this. It was an interesting discussion because one of us doesn't like it, but the rest of us do. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you the spoilers. There are major spoilers for Blade Runner, the Final Cut, and the theatrical version. So if you don't want those spoiled, don't listen to this podcast. Uh, Minor spoilers for Independence Day Resurgence and Terminator Genesis. Um, Shouldn't be too bad, though. So, I think that's all I gotta tell you all about. So, without further ado, enjoy the conversation. Yeah, you did bring that up. Okay, did I? Yeah, I couldn't remember if I did or not, but there was yeah. Yeah. So happy to be back. Welcome back, Trent. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Trent. Good way to introduce yourself. Yeah, that's me, Trent. Well, Gerson. let's start with you then, since you're introducing yourself. What have you been watching? What have I been watching lately? Um, well, I starting this year, and I might have brought this up on another podcast. I've become incredibly addicted to anime, so I watch a lot of anime. Uh, in terms of non-anime, um, well, well let's see. You have um, about what do you? What would you say, Kindle? Ten, thirteen of our Blu-rays. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So I have yeah. talked about how I've been watching Marvel. I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch any more since my classes have started, but one of my classes I'm taking this semester is a art of film class, so I'm watching movies about every week. Uh, we're going over multiple genres. The first genre we're covering is the Western. So I mm. watched, um, so we started with John Wayne's Stagecoach, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, and then we followed that up with High Noon, uh, which I also enjoyed quite a bit. And then we capped the Western genre with Unforgiven, which is a Clint Eastwood directed mm-hmm. and yeah. acted film. And it was very good. Produced by one of the guys who, uh, or no, written by one of the guys that wrote Blade Runner. Really? Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know if mm-hmm. we have a lot of Western nerds listening, but my personal favorite possibly is a movie called El Dorado mm. with John Wayne and uh, James Caan. Can how do you pronounce that? I think it's Con. <laughs> the next genre we're covering is thriller, and I can't remember exactly what movies that entails, but I know Michael we're capping it with Citizen Kane. I, I haven't seen that yet, and Casablanca is thrown in there somewhere. Mm. I guess those are two. It's funny because we've made jokes Casablanca about you loving it. Citizen Kane. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, on this yes. podcast. I know nothing about it. What so. the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's known as the one, of possibly the best movie of all time. Yeah, so. at least American movies. Yeah. Well, Kendall okay. and I. Uh, hopped in our slacking. DeLorean and uh, went back in time and watched uh, oh, A Bug's Life and Monsters Incorporated. Two, nice. two great animation great. films. That's honestly what we've watched like, all week. That's yeah, it. it was great. Uh, and then finally, got this. Are you ready? Finally, Kendall helped me push along and see the possibly in oh, quotes yes. classic <laughs> harry and the hendersons 
I've been trying to get him to watch it for a long time. I love Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> All right. Like, I know it's not the best movie, but I love it's Harry. It's a good movie. It's, yeah. yeah like, that was, we watched that like crazy when I was a it's kid. It's no, it's And no, I was like, you haven't seen this? It's yeah. no E.T., but it tries to be. You know oh, what? It's way I, better. I like it way more than E.T. Uh, uh, They're completely different horses. I, I, it's the same story and the Iron Giant. They're all, they're yeah. all the same story. But uh, either way, I really, it was fun. Yeah, it was okay. a fun family it's fic. Fun. I love John Lithgow. So yes, mm-hmm. he he makes that movie. Yeah, it was. But also, what's the actor's name that plays Harry? Do you remember? No, I don't. I it was, it was. It's not Peter Mayhew, is it? I think his name is Peter, but I don't think that's his last name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's the guy who did the Predator too. Oh. No, that's Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. I knew Peter was in there. Um, yeah, his eyes are the only thing that give life to that character because everything else is mechanical. Yeah. And so that is awesome to see mm. how well he does. So, right. They yep, can't see me movie. making his face, but that's what he does. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, oh boy, <laughs> you and I, you, me and Matt went to the theater <laughs> on Wednesday. That was, that was something. That was something. Uh, we saw Mother. Yeah, I oh. saw Mother by and uh, Aronofsky's Mother. I've been wanting to see what you thought about this because we, you know, we going through the whole movie. I was, it was an experience. I'll say that. By the end, I was like, Kendall would hate this. Yes. Uh, I I wrote down a little review of it. Okay. Um. So this is this is Ever my reviews. short review for Mother. A strange fever dream that spirals into a hellish nightmare it kind of reminded me of the game layers of fear if any listeners know what that is yes yes uh if you have social anxiety don't watch it stay away if you are easily disturbed by violence do not watch it and possibly just don't watch it (laughs) (laughs) but if you want to have your brain challenged with film that you are not normally used to uh-huh. Go for it. It's definitely out of the realm of norm normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, is it entertaining? You know, <laughs> like it's uh it is uh, it okay, like it is an it is an art house film and I feel like it's a painting. Like the whole film's more of a painting than it is of watching a movie. Um and that's it's frustrating at times. Like my feeling was okay, this is good, and then it went to this is frustrating, and then it went to uh, it went to like I got angry, um, and then at the end I felt like completely like it makes you. If you are a creative mind, this will make you step back and look at yourself in a way that may not be so pleasant, um, because what you see isn't what you get. The movie has a, like all the subtleties of a sledgehammer, but um, you can pull a lot of different things out of it. But mm-hmm. the main thing is somebody. I would assume that probably. Uh, Darren, what do you say his last name? Arnofsky. Arnofsky. Yeah. Probably went through a really, uh, or maybe has gone through multiple relationships that have just completely failed him for one reason or another. And it always goes back to the same reason. And this is him exercising that anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he said, very, lots of things you can pull out of it. The main allegory is pretty obvious yes. by the time you get to the end. Uh, so some people might find that heavy handed, but I thought it was kind of neat. Especially uh, once you figure out the allegory at the end, then going back through it and be like, oh, that's what that 
that's yeah. what that character stood yeah. for and so it's so it is kind of fun puzzle uh mm. after getting over the disturbing stuff i had to go through that night the next day i'm like okay okay this is kind of interesting yeah, oh, how did that yeah, sit yeah. with you afterwards <laughs> Because I was worried about you all night. Like, there I was is, like, fucking you know, hell. I was like, that movie, like... There is some it was stuff a ju- in there that <laughs> I would have liked to not see. By the end, I told Kendall, you know, I kind of wish I hadn't seen it. <laughs> really? And not in a way of it's a bad movie, just in the way that it... So it's, just, like, it's gets under your to, skin in that way? It's it meant to do skin. that, too. Yeah, it's yeah. meant to. Um, uh, I, it's a middle-of-the-road movie for me, too. Like, it's something that if you're not in a good place, don't go watch that movie. If you're in oh, a good yeah. place, it's okay. <laughs> but, like, if you're in a bad place, you're just going to slide right on down that hill. Mm. But it's an experience, and it's one I will probably, I will probably never watch again. <laughs> it sounds like it would make a good essay. No, like, it makes yeah. me want to watch it because I'm like, oh, what the hell? You guys are lying. Yeah, I like. I don't buy it. I'm like, could it yeah, really I be say, that go, bad? Go see it in the theater, yeah, Kendall. Go, go, go see it. Yeah, yeah. Don't go, go, go see it. Go, go. <laughs> Google Power I'm still Rangers. waiting for my movie pass. It's taking no. forever. Google Gadget. That's our live. Yeah, we haven't sucks. really watched it. Much Have you already talked about the whole Inhumans debacle? Yeah, yeah. we brought that up. So we we'll talk about that on. It. Oh, besides the the second season getting yeah. well, it, I, now it advertises a complete series. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's as far as it went as that they are now saying this is the complete series. That's so yeah. sad. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's. Yeah. That's. I mean, it could get better. That's just first two punisher is gonna come out soon mm-hmm. yep so that's the good news over in humans <laughs> we have yeah punisher. yes and also uh i don't know if y'all saw but we had the i guess once again star wars was having issues with directors and whatnot uh, yeah. and so yeah. finally they've settled on bringing jj back for and episode nine and there's a lot of petitions going around to remove him really why would that be yeah i don't know why i don't know i thought he did a fine job with episode seven yeah but yeah, there's like there was a petition that had like twenty some odd twenty thousand some odd signatures on it already. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna do anything. I hope not. But if it gets over like a certain amount, the president has to acknowledge it, and I would just love to hear how our president would acknowledge such a thing. He well, uh, I mean, what are they mad at him about? I mean, it's not like the director wrote them. There is no originality. Well, it's that the director's fault. Yeah, what is the director supposed like, to do? Yeah, well, I also shoot feel it like in with episode seven, that was very intentional. That like, was very intentional. It was m- making you, uh, it wasn't like ruining the franchise for you. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything that was going to upset you about it. Mm-hmm. It was right. comfort food. That's mm. exactly what it was. It was comfort food. Mm. And so it's it was kind bringing of you back kind of into food. what you love about the series. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I think he'll do something much different with episode nine now that the series is back on the tracks yeah, essentially yeah. uh from where it was <laughs> with from the george prequel. lucas mm. films and like, i mean it's from what i've heard about episode eight is it uh that's gonna be more weird dark seems to be mm-hmm. what people are saying so the dark middle of the trilogy always is yeah mm-hmm. he wrote he also wrote he did seven. did he yeah. <laughs> well there you go jj I, did i guess he would be able to pin the blame on him then yeah Yep. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good too. Like I, I feel like they're gonna take it in such a direction with eight that it's gonna be its own thing. Also, I wanted to talk about this. So there's this movie. Yeah. Called Blade Runner. Yes. Came out in 1982. I don't know if you guys know this. <sighs> based on a book, and of a separate title. Oh yes. Uh, do Android, do Android stream electric yes. sheep? And did you know that the title was stolen from a novel? 
Blade Runner was a st- was a was a screenplay a, like a proposed screenplay idea based off a novel called Blade Runner, and then they bought the novel, they bought bought the screenplay just so they could use the name. No, I did not know this. Well, go. were the cops in the original novel referred to as Blade Runners? I don't believe so. Because it seems like it deviates a little bit. I, I it does it does deviate. I think they were just but, called. So y'all all are, are aware of yeah. this movie. Yeah. Okay, because not. Not but uh, nine years later, Years Truly was born, and I waited until this year to watch this said movie, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have now watched it three times this year because yeah. I love this movie, and I'm excited to talk about it. And I don't I'm know here about to y'all. put all of you down. Good, because Old Man Matt is, has got some information, but not a lot, and... Uh, I didn't have my notebook whenever I watched the film, so I have no notes on the actual film itself, but I have notes about everything Ooh. else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I left my notebook at work, and I was like, fuck. I have one question. Mm-hmm. What, ver- mm-hmm. what version of this movie did you guys watch? Directors. Well, no, you probably... Did you watch the directors? Wait well, a minute. Well, here's what I've done. The there first... are seven versions of this film, <laughs> oh, I and know. I'm going to list that's them. And that's what I, I wanted to know which one you've watched, but let's go and list them first. Are you ready? We, got, we got the work print. All right, we got the San Diego sneak peek version, which was shown for one night, and this was almost the entire version of Blade Runner, like really what became the final cut. Then there was the U.S. theatrical. There was the international theatrical. There was the U.S. TV version, includes a scroll at the beginning telling the viewer viewer what a replicant is to make clear that Deckard is, in fact, not a replicant. Then there's the director's cut, which was the work print I mentioned earlier, um... But they took out all the narrations, like the monologues that Decker does. Um, and then they uh, Warner's decided not to allow Ridley to put the uh, unicorn dream scene in. And so then he went out and publicly disowned it after they had just released it in theaters as the director-approved cut. <laughs> and then Rude. 2007, we get the final cut, which is Ridley Scott's true version. Uh, at, like I said, it adds in the unicorn dream, and it also adds in... Uh, a bunch of uh, violence and alternate shots, like mm-hmm. angles from the international version. Interesting. Yeah. And That's so the very watch. first time me and Kindle watched this, which was back in like, I don't know, April or May or something like that, uh, borrowed it from Matt, and we watched the final cut because yes. everybody online said, this is what you should watch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, makes sense. So we watched the final cut, and then I was like, I wonder what the differences are from what it originally people thought of it. And so I went back and watched the theatrical back in July, and I still loved the movie. Like, it was very different. I've got all the differences right in front of me that I noticed. So it does have the, like, the film noir narration Monologues, from the yeah. d- detective. 13 of them. Was that, like, intended? I thought I figured that was something that was so tacked on So the there. story with that is, is that, so Harrison Ford, we have seven cuts all because of Harrison Ford. Because... Okay. Harrison Ford did not get along with Ridley Scott mm-hmm. and okay, Harrison Harrison Ford did not approve and did not like the uh, the replicant uh, like subplot that he would be one he wanted to be mm-hmm. human right. and he didn't want he didn't want any of did that and it what? was not initially in the script uh, it was all stuff Ridley was doing on set wow. that nobody knew nobody really knew about um, so Ford goes over Scott's head to the studio. The studio gets involved, and not only do they take that out, then they take control of the film and start taking out 
other things. The monologues are things that they demanded be added added in. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, because I think me and Kindle started the documentary that comes with the Blu-ray, which is four hours long. Yeah, I and watched. So that I didn't. Thing. I we I, we dropped out about fifteen it minutes in. It was mostly me. I said I don't think it's a good idea for me to watch this. <laughs> but I think and then try to enjoy. I think the it was movie. Hampton Fancher said he actually in his very first script had narration. Because that would feel like a detective he had film nar- noir He had narration, movie. but really, like, whenever they were doing things, really took all that out. Because mm-hmm. Ford signed on to this movie. Okay, so initially it wasn't even going to be Ford, right? Like, we almost had Sean Connery, Dustin Hoffman, and then it was written with somebody else completely involved, uh, Robert Meacham, who did a bunch of uh, Western films, actually. No, thanks. He's also in uh, El Dorado. Oh. So... Um, the reason why Ford even signed on for this is because he wanted to do a dramatic character piece that did not spoon feed the audience. And mm-hmm. Ridley wanted to make something that was like, that didn't spoon feed the audience either. So while the, while the guy like included those, like they were never going to be in the movie. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess. Okay. I don't know exactly which version I watched. All I know is it's whichever one is on iTunes. Cause I rented it off of iTunes. Final Cut, probably. Maybe. Did it have, did it have the, a unicorn had dream? Had unicorn dream. It, it, yeah. I don't remember. It did he have playing narration? the piano. It did have narration. Okay, then. He was, pl- yeah. he was playing the piano. And then he sees a unicorn okay, running this, in a field. This is the most interesting part of all these cuts. I it don't completely changes so. the movie. Yeah. All I know mm-hmm. is that there was... I know there was unicorn origami, but I had no idea what it was. And I don't recall. Then you that. didn't yeah. see the unicorn dream. Yeah, no. Yeah. You, you watched the theatrical. Really? Yeah. yeah. All I know is I hated the monologues. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's probably the easiest way to tell, at least between those two. Mm. Um, yeah, some other things I noticed, like possibly the alternate shots, but maybe not, or maybe it's just they digitally cleaned up stuff, because uh, there is really bad voiceover between Harrison Ford and the snake dealer. Yeah, like on the theatrical, their voices are way off from their mouths. So yeah. Ford came in and I saw that. I noticed, noticed that. that. And I was like, "What is going on here?" Ford came in like around two thousand. It was like around two thousand, and Warner's forced him to re-record that. Okay. For the director's version, That's they were nice. going to release, uh, yeah. but he hated it because they also made him uh, record some other stuff that like did not fit the film, or he felt like did not fit the film, which was some of the opening narration. Is it common for actors to just assume that any movie they participate in is now part of like their own masterpiece? Like what? When it well, when it was sold to Ford, it was sold that way. He was the hottest thing, like because Star Wars and Indiana Jones, it just right? Makes him sound like a dick. Well, he kind, he kind of, of he is. kind of is. Okay. Like, he's <laughs> very like, he's very right. particular in what he's in and what he's in. Like if it's not up to snuff, like he he quits. He's been on films and shot for weeks and then walked away from them. Probably films you've seen, um, um, yeah. and he like he wouldn't talk about uh, Blade Runner until probably 2004. He also hated Ridley Scott with a burning passion until about the mid 90s. Why? Yeah, I, I, I guess to further point out that I yeah, was so watching. The I'm kind of sad that you didn't get to see yeah. the final cut because well, yeah, there me, are some. Not only that, you see like wires from one of the flying cop cars. You see the dancer. That he's chasing the replicant oh, and yeah. shoots Prim, her. Was it like no? You Prim, can, that's Chris is that's the other one. Chris. You can very obviously tell when she's going through that glass. It's not a she. <laughs> it's a male stunt double with mm-hmm. like a bodysuit, 
In the it, theatrical it looks, version? In yeah, the theatrical body. It looks bad. If you go back and rewatch, it looks bad, but they did a very good job in the final cut of cleaning it up. Or I don't know if they reshot it or what, but it looks much better. Yeah. Well, it, this does make a lot more sense now that I know that I watched the theatrical version because I left that movie being like, that had a really good. That was a good skeleton of a movie, but there was so much around it that honestly confused me. And I'm like, am I even watching the best version of this movie? Because it doesn't feel like it. I'm like mm-hmm. this, the hammy expository internal di- dialogue mm-hmm. was like, what? Because yeah. the thing I, because I appreciate sure I had watched an online review of this at some point, uh, like a year ago, and they had brought this up that there was a version like this. So watching it, not really knowing what version I had chose, I was like, oh no. And then I had to think to myself, okay, what would this scene be like if there weren't a monologue here? And mm-hmm. I was like, it'd be so much better. Now, the monologue does is kind of nice because it does provide some more information. Because after watching the final cut um, and then watching the theatrical, I get to learn like about the street language. Like I didn't know. Yeah, the mix of languages. And yeah, all I didn't that. know yeah. about that. I mean, that's kind of cool that they I think there invented were t- there own were two language for the movie. Yeah, that actor actually created it based off Hungarian. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, there were two lines of expository dialogue that I thought actually were semi-functional. It's when he's in the car with uh, his partner or whatever. I forget who he is exactly. No oh, he's a, it, almost. Who was his name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Edward James. He almost. brings up the fact that he could be a rival. Uh, and then whenever he talks about the language, those were like two instances where they actually told me something. That you I mean a know. replicant? Um, rival. Rival. Like, because he, I guess he's another cop. You know yeah. He's just a cop, though. He's it not It seemed a like he had runner. said that, like, he possibly wants to exceed me in the promotions. Oh, and right. Like okay. So it kind of yeah, built yeah. his character a little That's bit right. beyond just. I don't remember that movie. at all. Yeah. yeah. You didn't hear it. Yeah. This was in the theatrical. Oh, so they don't add that at all. Well, that no. makes sense because that seems completely random. Yeah, it was a bit, but. But yeah, it was uh, Ford disowned this film until the final cut, like huh. completely. Felt like it was emotionless. Didn't understand why people even gave a shit about it. Hmm. We'll get to this. Hmm. So, but he he's reowned it since the final cut. I candle. just don't care. <laughs> I was hoping. Have you read the novel? No. Okay, no. that was interesting. You did not I'd, give me. I'd kind of like Kindle to buy it on her app, and then I can listen to it too. Uh, because obviously it's similar, at least. So in, yeah, in, kind of. In a part. Uh, I guess Hampton Fancher didn't like it when he first read it. But yeah, he thought, he was thinking money. He's like, this could sell. <laughs> Pretty much. And like, uh, what is it? Uh, Philip K. Dick, like, he completely. Don't call me that. He distrusted Hollywood or grew to distrust Hollywood over this film. Um, <laughs> because literally at one point, um, he even asked the screenwriter, did he want... Oh, yeah, he did hated he, this, didn't he? Yeah, well, hold oh, on. Oh, he never saw it. Didn't he die before this came out? He died, and, like, he uh, he died. He was pleased and gave his blessing to Ridley Scott's version after he read the final screenplay, and they showed him about 20 minutes of, like, the visual effects, how they were going to bring the city to life. Mm-hmm. But before that, like, the film had been in development for uh, probably t- about 10 years, and... At one point, he asked a screenwriter, do you want me to beat you in public at the airport or kick your ass whenever you come to my apartment in (laughs) private because your screenplay fucking sucks and you're ruining my story? Wow. Yeah. 
And do you have any idea what version of did that ever make it to the screen? No, that never made it to the screen. That was uh, that was like the first the first riff on the story because Martin Scorsese got in, interested in this film and recommended it to another guy, hmm. and it was that guy who took the first swing at it. It was his son who actually wrote the screenplay. I forget his name, but uh, yeah, it, and it was Philip K. Dick asking that guy's son, who's probably half his age, "Do you want me to just beat you?" <laughs> wow. Like the child you are. Uh, hmm. Well, um, I know that one thing that really stood out to me uh, is the fact that we've talked about Ghosts on the Shell pretty extensively mm-hmm. on this podcast. Did, okay, remind me. Did the original anime film come out before the novel or come out before this movie? No. no post? Much after. Post. The, yeah, that after. came out in 97, I believe. Mm. Yeah. And this was... 82 is when the it's movie came out. heavily inspired by Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I couldn't tell if it was the other way around. I think I brought that up on the Ghost, the in, Ghost the in the Shell podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, being a big fan of Ghost in the Shell, I definitely, it, they were definitely very similar in terms mm-hmm. of the fact that the city in Blade Runner is very Japanese uh, culture-esque. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, that's the first things I think I noticed of Ghost in the Shell was how similar they are because of... Especially the skyline yeah. with the uh, the the big video. Yeah, the video screens yeah, yeah. with Did the advertisements and stuff. What the heck is that woman eating in that video? <laughs> Which one? This is the Asian lady in the blimp is it, taking she, a pill or something. Yeah, I thought she was just taking a pill. Yeah. What is she taking? I don't know. I don't. Do they repeat if you give me like let me go let me go find like the vault yeah. book that I'm sure exists and find I'll it. dig into Do it. Do they I'll, repeat you know. a few shots of like the cityscape because it felt like they Probably. did, especially like the Coke advertisement well, that showed Coke up, like Coke Cola is just everywhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, sure I they like got. That same I'm sure they got some money repeated. for that. They got a bunch of money for all the. Are they well, not a bunch of money, but they got a good good they chunk of money, money for all the advertisement. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> just assume that Tari is still a thing in 2019. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, because before this thing even so. Before this film, really, Scott was working on Dune and stepped away from oh, Dune yeah. and went to another science fiction film that had been kind of like just waving in the wind. Um, and they were, when he came on, they were already like $3 million in debt on this film. Jeez. And the budget was supposed to be $13 million. It eventually got up to $28 million. <laughs> and then it made $33.8 million, like a huge flop. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's made its money back now. Oh, yeah. Uh, People hated this film when it came out. Hated hmm. this film. Dis- like, the, it was polarizing. Like, there <laughs> people, like, hated the pacing issues, felt like the performances were lifeless. <laughs> um, but somewhere in the 90s, something happened because we got, a, like, people started caring about it. We, we got, like, additional versions of this film. We got a video, a video game, like a, a text novel video game on this film, and uh, and books. Uh, Philip K. Dick's buddy wrote a bunch of books, <laughs> like sequels to the film and set around the film. I think there were four four books. Mm. Well, I know you, you said you had a list of all the differences between the versions. I'm very curious, like, what is different between the films you guys saw? That was pretty much all I had. That was all he noticed. Unicorn Dream. Yeah, yeah the unicorn. unicorn Dream is the main thing because basically in the final cut, there's, like, an ambiguity of whether Deckard's Deckard is human or not mm. or if he's a replicate because he has this – he's playing on the piano and he falls – he actually doesn't even fall asleep. He's just staring away and then it's you like see this shot 
of uh, a unicorn running through the woods, and yeah, it's like, like he's what remembering the hell? this. What is this? And it doesn't really explain it, but then there's at the, the origami. End, you get the origami of the unicorn, so it's there's no like, way that guy would know anything about the unicorn dream unless he'd read his file right and, and it was like, a memory read... that they gave him yeah it's like but... i know what's in your head buddy also but... all of the replicants have a like a glow in their pupils and deckard has that at the very glow end if you pay very he has it before attention. then too does he he's one of the times he's in the apartment with what's her face oh when he, he saw... like comes up behind her and i can see the glow in his eyes and i was yeah. like so okay it sounds like a much more interesting film than the one i saw yeah and well it was also like a point of contention between uh ridley and hampton fancher the main writer because he did not want the ambiguity he wanted him to be a human and ridley wanted it he wants people to be like who is it or is it not yeah but, uh he was trying to was, make an art house a, picture after alien it was a fight so um, that's why we got the theatrical because the obviously the the studio didn't want that either. They wanted yeah, the audience they, to be mm. very they sure were, of what they're watching. That's why we got all that mm-hmm. dialogue and they wanted to, you the know, narration. They didn't feel like if we had a oddly enough. Well, I guess this is 1982, so maybe not oddly enough, but they felt like the average American film goer would not relate to a machine. It would have to be a person. Mm-hmm. And, of course, later on, of course, everybody changed their minds. When Terminator 2 came around, it's like, fuck, we need more machines. Like, <laughs> Everyone's a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to be talking about one movie, and you guys are going to be talking about another. That's but uh, it makes it interesting. Yeah, right? Um, well, the story itself, it suffered because I've already watched like Ghost in the Shell directly. It kind of seems to expand on the themes that Blade Runner presents. Mm-hmm. So, like... I feel like that dug even deeper than this. Yeah, there's a lot of that with a lot of sci-fi involving robots of the exploration of what it is to be human Mm -hmm. and do would how far would we have to go before androids deserve rights, that type of thing. And so both this and Ghost in the Shell kind of explore that, those themes. Yeah, for sure. Ex Machina too. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. That's a good one. see that one. Yes, yes different but good (laughs) um so even though thematically it didn't really excite me two things that i really did love about it is that um again like the atmosphere is fantastic and just the fact that you could tell amazing that you could tell that a lot of it was very practical as far as i'm aware uh, it's yeah, very I mean, twenty-eight million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't buy you very great special effects very, back yeah. then. But these sets, yeah, I think my favorite set was that old apartment comp, uh, building, or whatever oh, that towards thing the is. End. In the end, yeah, the yeah. apartment, and yeah. it's just when he's climbing up it and everything, I'm like, this is incredible. I have Especially no idea how to do this. Dropping gallons upon gallons of water yeah, into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not falling apart. Yeah. So uh, beyond that. The action was really good. I really liked the action. Just the way it was directed, the way it was paced, and how crunchy it was. Especially with Pris and yeah. Roy at the end. Yeah, yeah, for real. And the chase scene, too, with the prostitute. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the atmosphere. Uh, the score for this film, right? Mm. So it's done by... Uh, I'm going to try and not butcher the name, but it's... Uh, well, I'm gonna only, only going to say the like single the name. Vang- Vangelis. Mm-hmm. Guys, I think is how you say. It. I always thought it was Vangelis. I Maybe it is. I don't know. Hated the but, score, all um, of it. Huh? I hated the score. 
Well, you in the studio would feel the same because the initial score was completely like more or less like exclusively synthesizer mm. with some like airy vocals in it, which if you watch the final cut, that's what you saw. But the theatrical cut took a lot like the studio took a lot of that out and dropped in like more or less like temp music, temp library music that they had the rights to because they felt like it took away from the pacing. Yeah, because I, yeah, I hate this. The only music that stood out is like the same synth theme that plays when you're getting an aeroscape view of the city. The, yeah, uh, and yeah. I thought that was okay. I didn't care for it. Well, yeah, there's a I, very. I love uh, the synth they, He puts in a lot of like a, a jazzy, detective, so- song like a, a film noir theme basically. In the final like, cut or in the theatrical? I assume it's in both, uh, especially when it's just him, in like his apartment. Mm. It does that, and then when he, after he shoots the dancer, maybe, no, not sticking out. It's like a. I, I mean, I get. Like if you can imagine like a, I, I know a moody ta- jazz piece, yeah, hmm. with an electric saxophone. Maybe it was very like um, amis- ambient, maybe so it kind of like very melted ambient. into the background. Yeah. If I'm not actively paying attention to it, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite scores ever. Like really, I still like. I've probably only seen this movie a handful of times, but I've listened to that score hundreds. Huh. Yeah, Kendall's so, not a fan. Not a fan of the score at all. So, um, yeah, I like it. I just, I don't know if it would be fine in something else, but I did not care for it. I just, nothing about this movie felt good to me. Really? Uh, actually, my favorite part in the score is the scene where they're hanging out in the apartment and she starts playing the piano and the piano blends into the score. Score. Yes. I, that's weird that you had that. that, yeah. that you had, sorry. You had that. Uh, were you trying to say something? More? No, no. I was Okay. Just, uh, it's weird that you saw it that way because at least in the version I watched, I don't know if it's different. It seemed like her playing the piano and the music were clashing. Well, it's because you watched the theatrical and that I'm sure that probably that probably cue's gone. One. Really? Because I was like, ugh, the mixing here is terrible. Yeah, I just need to loan it to you and you can watch the thing. I guess so, Because it's it's great. (laughs) I mean, like I I, I said, I loved the theatrical (laughs) cut, but the final cut is definitely better. So this is your history. We talked about your history. First time you've seen this was this year. Have you ever seen this? No, no. You probably have never seen this. No, this was my second viewing with him. Okay. So I, I saw this movie... It took me a long time to see this movie. I remember seeing the cover, which had the poster on it, which was Harrison Ford like looking over the cityscape with a gun up by his head, and I was just like, "That looks just like meh." Like it didn't really, <laughs> it just didn't speak to me. Uh, but one day, eventually, uh, when DVDs came around and Blockbuster had a limited supply of DVDs, I rented the DVD and I watched it. And it was the theatrical version, and did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. And it, then whenever Blu-ray came around. I went to I went to Best Buy one day and they were they had some Blu-rays in and I didn't have many, but they had the five disc version of Blade Runner, and uh, they were having a sale that day and instead of forty nine ninety nine it was fifteen dollars and I was wow. like I may hate this movie but there's a four hour documentary on it that I'm sure is really interesting, and I bought it and I watched the final cut and I was like this is awesome this like I liked it so much more but that was only the second I'm time I had curious. seen it I'm actually ever seen the final cut I'm happy. I watched the inferior version first, so that means I can watch it again and have an upgrade and have an a degrade. Up- yeah. Know? It's like, so it's like, this is, this is cool. Gives you a reason. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch it again now. Because, like, I enjoyed the movie I watched, but at the same time, like, there's a few things here that, like, just do not seem right or good. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're and right. It, They're not right or good. 
So you felt like this movie didn't do anything at all for you, Kendall. It just frustrated me. Explain. How many times I turned to Everett and I go, what the hell is going on? Or something stupid like that. But like, I didn't care for the music. I could tell the acting. I feel the same. It's flat. It's lifeless. I didn't emotionally connect with anyone in this movie. Mm -hmm. Not even Rachel. No. I knew that I could. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to feel bad for her, but I don't really care. Interesting. So, And like, I never understood from going from him being a Blade Runner to almost randomly deciding that everything that he's been doing for a living was wrong. I never saw him get to that point. He just all of a sudden was there and that confused the hell out of me. I think that comes to him whenever Rachel saves him. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like sh- like these things can But think, you could tell he was know. like feeling it before. Yeah, I kind of feel like it was a little before when he makes her feel bad about... Cause, well, yeah, the cause, biggest one is when he kills the first female mm-hmm. and... He, it's like an intense chase scene and then as soon as he shoots her the music completely changes and no. it's like mm-hmm. sad and it soft does the, it plays the sad jazzy theme and I'm like what why am I supposed to be sad for I thought we were trying to kill these people they're yeah, crazy I think it was at that point where totally he great. kind of starts feeling it kind of starts showing that he feels bad which may have been Part of it's he, because he's, he's been, always been that way maybe but I kind of felt it was now he's realizing that these things do can emote they're further and along so than it, what yeah, they were whenever. more human, so he's yeah. actually feeling more bad about it. Because yeah. he's they're further along than whenever he was originally a, uh, like a Blade Runner because mm-hmm. he's coming out of retirement. And he does. Harrison Ford gives the performance of a guy, to me, that doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And they twist his arm, essentially, to yeah. make him do this. So Still I like that performance. Yeah. I can buy that performance because it's kind of like... You go into work on on Monday and it's like I'm not even supposed to be here today, but you are, and you don't give a shit and you hate it, but you do it. Like I understood that that was what was going on, but I didn't feel it. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, am I supposed to care about these people all of a sudden too? Because I didn't feel whatever it was from where how he got from here to here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you missed the first like ten minutes of this movie, ten minutes or so of this film, and. Uh, you will have no idea why this man is chasing these people and yeah. killing them. It's like, then it becomes a, like you're watching a horror movie from the point of the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, speaking of the bad guy, uh, I love the climax of this movie. Um, Between him and Roy. Yeah. And it's my other issue Pris, with this movie. Wasn't Pris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pris. Um, it turned into a horror movie and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, geez, I'm like just the, her s- screaming when she's gotten shot and she's yeah. beating against the ground. I'm like, Oh my God. So casting for Pris took a long time. So did, uh, they Rachel. the wrong girl. Uh, bl- I liked her a lot. They took several weeks like longer to cast her. Pris and Rachel than they did any other character. Mm. Roy was the first one they cast. Huh? I like Rachel. She's fine. Ruder, uh, Ruger yeah. Hauer was Pris. the original choice too. Yeah, we've talked about Sean Young on here before. Yes. Because, well, I'd, I had previously seen her before seeing this in Dune. Mm-hmm. So, but we talked about her on our Batman mm-hmm. uh, Returns podcast Batman because Returns, she tried yes. out. Supposed actually, she tried out for Batman first, right? For, yeah, uh, but she she couldn't get the part because she had a horse accident. Yeah, and so then she came back and tried out as Catwoman. Yeah. And she was kind of nutty. She was so. extremely <laughs> nutty, like climbing on the desk and yeah. 
That's they it. had to get security to make her leave. She was in like a homemade Catwoman costume. But like yeah, she, she hasn't. That had explains a lot. <laughs> she really hasn't had much of a career since this. No, not so much. But I like her a lot in it. I do as well. She portrays an android very well, mm. and she looks very noir. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just I don't like anything about her. But my other in- problem with this movie is these androids are supposed to be like super smart. Why are they all fucking crazy? Part of that is because uh, they're they're starting to degrade and deteriorate. Yeah. That's what I kind of that took never it came as. across. So the, how would we know that? Especially at the well, end, I wasn't Roy trying to like say make me live longer. I've reached the end of my limit. Yeah, yeah that's, but that's, there was never like a talk of his brain degenerating. Well, you can just kind of imagine his he sweat the whole time. That's about it. Yeah, and then his I hand cramped up, which confused me too. Why pretty obvious. Because at the end, well, they show you that from the very beginning. The very first time you see him you see his hand cramping. yes which didn't answer anything though like why does that have to do with you dying and i think at well, first you're just like huh you're, interesting what's happening here and then by the time you see him actually drive the nail into his hand and uh mm. screw it open that's when you're like oh i get it like it's failing him it's his body is deteriorating along with his mind his programming why would it start there i, I because you use those joints it's like a car why does your you yeah. know like why does your belt run out because you you run your car every day. Don't worry about. Yeah, you're so funny. But I will. F- I, I, if you're not like going to this movie thinking I'm gonna read between the lines and you know think you know philosophy. I want to be spoon fed. Right. Yeah. Because like Friendly. a lot of this stuff. If, okay. When I didn't want to be spoon fed, I was with the internal monologues. But ultimately, I did feel like I did have to use my brain a bit, you know, mm-hmm. to piece stuff together, and I enjoyed it. So like. No, it, it doesn't tell you everything, but I think that's part of the movie's allure. I think that's a good thing mm-hmm. in movies sometimes. Yeah, so I have a few questions for you since I can't really remember. the fir- I, I think for sure uh, the first time I watched this, I didn't think Leon was a replicant because all we really knew at that point. I don't remember if the intro is the same on the nope. theatrical and the it's not the same. Uh, oh. yeah. Well, they take out the, take out the, the intro narration bit. Okay, so in the final cut, it starts out with this line, a crawl. Did you get that? I got a crawl that gave me a brief synopsis on the world and the role of the Blade Runners. Okay, and yeah, it tells you about the replicants. Okay, so that's all we get at the beginning of the movie. So when we meet Leon, did you assume that was a replicant? I pretty much knew because he was interrogated, and then whenever he was pushed against the corner, he stood up and shot the guy, so... Okay, yeah, see, because I'm going in, I mean... All my life, I'd seen clips of this movie and knew that. What it clips had did you see? Mostly the cityscape. Okay. The blimp, you yeah. know that stuff. I'd seen, you know, probably stuff of Deckard. The uh, the glass. The whenever the she gets shot as she's jumping through the glass. That was the one that I'd always seen. Yeah, I don't remember for sure of that, but you know, just clips, and so I I knew a bit, and then I eventually yeah, I found out it was about robots. So going in, it felt pretty blind. And so I didn't really, the intro scene, I didn't figure it out immediately. Hmm. And you did see the interrogation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I, I did know because uh, obviously being a fan of Ghost in the Shell, I'd heard it tied to Blade Runner. So mm-hmm. I think I had heard somewhere that it had to do with androids. And, and then like Rachel, that. did you have any guess that no, she was? Um, No, but I kind of had a idea during the the interrogation i was like eh, i don't buy it and then when the guy literally just walks up to 
Deck- Deckard, was it? Mm-hmm. And just straight up tells him, yep, she's a replicant. I'm like, really? Yeah, by the third time watching this, I start to realize each the replicant actors are definitely acting differently. Mm, yeah. And I didn't, don't think I ca- caught that the first time. I might have thought it was just 80s acting. Uh, whereas now, and maybe that's what the people were complaining about. They thought it was flat because mm-hmm. they're acting a little off. I got it from Deckard, too. Really? Yes. I thought he's the most lively of the cast. I mean, Rutger Hauer is very lively at the end, but I think it's just once again because his character is. I wasn't. I think Rachel's the most. I wasn't super impressed with Harrison Ford and Deckard. During most of the movie, he kind of just seems like he's the you know cop character. But I, one of the reasons I love the climax is that. You know, he actually seems legitimately unnerved and scared, and that's something I really enjoyed seeing him kind of. I really liked seeing him unnerved. <laughs> yeah, I, it just because it seemed like he was legitimately fighting for his life. I'm like, this yeah. is a great thing. I can see that. I can see that. Like he does. Uh, he, you see his acting come through more than just the guy that doesn't want to be there today. Mm-hmm. Um, the, at the end there, that speech, right? That whole tears in the rain bit. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was written by Ruger Hauer like the day of. Hmm. It was rewritten by him. Um, initially, it was it was this other thing that's really cheesy and boring, and you think that this film's bad. Like you should have read that thing. You can find it online. Um, but the version that we got in the film is so much better and more. Hmm. I do think it was spoiled by the monologue that follows it right afterwards, though. Where he's like, "I don't know why you saved my life." But maybe in that instance, he saw that life as something that was valuable. That, so then I'm like, oh my god, that's I don't not know the final cut. That. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's yeah. Again, it's like I was just like, get out of here! You're ruining the moment. <laughs> I did legitimately think it ruined the movie. Like not like in whole, but like it was a detriment. It took for away sure. from the moment. Yeah, to, in almost every scene. Which, so we have uh, we have. Uh, William Sanderson is like the creator, Sebastian, right? Mm-hmm. Do you recognize his voice? Uh, I don't think so. I'll give you a clue. It has to do with the shirt you are wearing today. <laughs> um, he plays a Batman character. He plays a Batman character. He plays almost the exact same character in Batman the Animated Series. He yeah, plays uh, Doctor Carl Rossum, who creates Hardak. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. I'd searched that up before. Yeah. 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 Okay. Same character. Like, the exact same character. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. thought that was really cool. J.F. Actually, Sebastian. I like him the most. Do you? I take it back. I'm curious. Sebastian's probably my favorite in the whole thing. You know, so re-watching this the third time going through it, uh, when Pris is conning Sebastian, I'm just upset at that moment because mm-hmm. I know what's happening, and I'm like... You're a jerk. This yeah. poor, this poor man who's dying. Who has, who's dying. Yeah, <laughs> it just has. Wait, currently no friends. Currently, well, he's was he rapidly or aging. Yeah, he we has found a, that that's out. He's twenty-five years old, but yeah, but he looks like his gland because of these glands. And age every rapidly. time, the first time and the second time we just watched it, he said he was twenty-five, and I go bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, and then then I go, that guy's after. not 25. And then he answers my question immediately. And I go, oh, maybe he's 25. <laughs> <About> <laughs> my bad. Him, I don't think I saw him die on screen. So I really don't know no. what happened to him. No, yeah, no. he died. He was they, killed. They, they mention it, uh, when it when Tyrell is killed. Bryant, right? is, Bryant calls him, right? Deckard in his yeah. car. And he says, 
we were found Tyrell killed with a guy named J.F. Sebastian. Yeah. And mm. so that's when he knows he's dead. That's why he calls Sebastian's place. Pris answers, and he says he wants to talk to him. I was really impressed by the um, little toys. I don't know. Mm-hmm. like The people? The, the fact that they, I mean, they're practical, right? Yeah, cool. yeah, some, of, all practical. yeah right. some of them are people. Some of them are just practical machines, and some of them just creep me out yeah i really love the specifically there's this one i don't remember what scene it's at but oh it's when sebastian is sleeping uh, at his desk and pris comes up behind him there's this be behind him on like a shelf the screen's left so if you're looking at the screen on the left behind him there's this like fat guy with this tiny head and he like rocks back and forth rapidly. <laughs> I can imagine that. And he's laughing, and it just yeah, it, very I much. I can imagine living in that place. Jeez. No, no, no. Yeah, that yeah. would not be fun for I'm me. Me and animatronics. These are my friends. <laughs> yeah, I made them. He I says made that them. Twice. <laughs> yeah, they're my friends. <laughs> like I made them. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty great. I like this character. Who is your favorite character, ever? Um, either Deckard or Rachel. Yeah. Um. I like the emotional connect of Rachel because she's going through all this stuff, finding out that she's not actually human. Uh, so I like the heaviness of that. But there's something charming about Harrison Ford and himself, and this character just yeah very much shows his charm. And so and, I like that. And you like Sebastian, right? I love Sebastian Kendall? Stan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's either Sebastian or Rachel. What about you, Trent? I, re- I for whatever reason I really liked Pris. Pris like, was my favorite. Cool Freaking character. hate Pris, and she can die, and I'm glad she did. She, like, <laughs> I just like the performance. Like, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And just her costume, like that makeup over her eyes. I'm like, you just look so cool. You're like a little little raccoon. Oh, I thought she looked stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what is she doing? And the fact He's that she ended up being like, makeup on. The fact that's that she, not how you put makeup on. <laughs> the fact yeah. that she ended up being so terrifying just was like the cherry on the, mm-hmm. the cupcake. I'm like, and then I great. was confused. She's supposed to be a pleasure bot. Why is she freaking no gymnastics all of a sudden? Because she was reprogrammed to be an assassin too, and something, oh, something, along, okay, 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 something with the the conflict of those programs allows her to do all sorts of things that she shouldn't be able to do. Freaking weirdo. And I mean, who knows? Like, if you got a pleasure bot, and maybe you're a gym, gymnast, like. Well, I, I want to do some weird things. I hope you're ready. <laughs> no. Like, Thank put you. your head in my crotch. <laughs> Ew. But you got to turn around. You got to be bending backwards. Y'all are weird. <laughs> no, that's what she did. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that was weird. Why did he, he like... Ugh. Oh, I hate that scene. I hate that scene. Actually. I hate it because it looks so painful. Smacking him in the head like that. Did I see this? Yeah, she... She, she like, jumps on she top jumps of on him. Top yeah, of him, you're right. Twists, and he <laughs> like, twists <laughs> him around and then, like, smacks her hands on both sides of his head. Like, yeah, I was it, like, it looked, All it I thought bad. is that had to be an really annoying to try and shoot with his face and her crotch. <laughs> Maybe. In tights. Maybe. Mm. A leotard. Maybe. Also, I do not blame hate, him for hate, being terrified hate, by hate, her. hate her hair. I love it. I like it. I hate it. I love it. bangs, so... No, uh, yeah, it makes that, her look like Chucky, a yeah. blonde Chucky blonde doll. Chucky, yeah. On that, on that n- note where she, where she's hitting him, I feel like that whole ending, everything just feels so painful to me. It does, like him having his fingers bent yeah. back Ugh. by Roy, and then having to bend them back. 
Yes. And I even told Kendall, okay, I can't watch this part when he takes the nail into his hand. Yeah. I and watched then, it and it was fine. And then watching Deckard jump across the roof and landing right on that beam. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Ew. No, I, oh, I hate it. it. Which hurt. my brain just went, why did you do that? He can jump I, that I, further I, than I you. I could feel it. Because, like, we see this a lot in movies where it's like, you know, the protagonist is in a predicament, but they get out pretty okay. You know, there are stakes. But, but in this one, it's like, he's getting beaten down. Yeah, it's you like, didn't know quite where it was going to go. Yeah. You should wait that, for him to die, I guess. Uh, not only that, like, I mean, it's for the longest time, it was a standalone film. So if you didn't know much about this movie, this could be, there could be a reason why it's a standalone film. Hmm. Hmm. I also thought it was interesting, maybe, I don't know for sure if this was shot this way, but he fixes his hand, and then when he saves Deckard, he grabs him with that hand that he fixed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know if that's so something. Still got the nail in it. But if he hadn't fixed it, yeah, he's, he's he was dead. just seeing whether his hand could hold him or not. And if he drops him, it's fine. It could be that. I mean, mm-hmm. it really it could be. He's like, well, you know, like here's a test. Mm-hmm. Should he live? Should he not? Yeah. Because he can't figure it out of himself. Look at me being God. all deep Flip and shit. Coin. Aww. So, do you guys know anything about the sequel, 2049? Yes. Nope. It is in 2049. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm actually up there with her. So, it's 30 years later. That's all I know. I know that. Ryan you Gosling. haven't seen the trailers. Uh, no, I'm, you know nothing. I'm going in pure, guys. Okay, I almost yeah. spoiled something. So, I know You and I watched the trailer. Yeah, we've seen the trailers, so I know yeah, so I. kind I, of what characters be, are. Based on the posters, because the posters are everywhere, I know Deckard's back. And I okay, know that's what I was gonna say. Ryan that's Gosling all, is also a detective. That's so. really all the trailer gives you. Everything else yeah, is very right. ambiguous. It's a pretty good trailer, I think. <laughs> that's really all it tells now, you. Yeah, uh, is that he goes looking forward, for him. I'm interested because I want to know about Rachel because it was never established if Rachel was applied the uh, four years the safety mechanism. Yeah. Right. Uh, or whether she is a well, different because practically say that like because she was his she, own personal. Uh, she was a test helper. Yeah. yeah, she was a test. But from how Gaff speaks, like he, I think it was Gaff who gives him the little like. Too bad she's gonna die. Yeah, like or too bad she won't live. And he's also then again who, who does? And then he he's the same guy that also leaves the whatever. Uh, unicorn. unicorn yeah at the end and then so stickman it could also be like i read her file and i read your file and you guys got about a good year and a half and goodbye mm-hmm. jeez well, uh, well hold on a second but obviously Deckard, but we don't know we're yeah, gonna Deckard find shows out up 30 years later but he could have been, be, uh, we're gonna uh, find out okay. they're gonna pull that he's human or some yeah, shit gonna, like that. or 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 it could do a terminator genesis spoilers for that is like yeah, i'm not seeing it well you're fine because they said so t- a terminator is sent back to the 60s, right? In Terminator Genesis. Okay, it's back even further than the 80s. And whenever it gets to the point in the 80s that Kyle Reese shows up, they decide they're going to jump. He and Sarah Connor are going to jump through time. Okay. And this Terminator, this young Terminator, youngish Terminator is going to, instead of jumping through time, he's going to go the long way and stay there the entire 30 plus, 30 or whatever years. And so he ages. And that's why we haven't aged arnold schwarzenegger so we could get something like that where we where where deckard is a version where deckard is like nexus 7 or whatever is that what you want i don't care i'm okay i'm fine i'm I'm okay with. i just want this in the other movie to be way better than the one i just watched (laughs) i like him as a human uh yeah yeah. because it kind of makes more sense to me as he's teaching 
Rachel uh, passion in the movie in that very awkward yes. love scene. Not passion at all. <laughs> More <laughs> like rape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like slams her against the yeah, wall. Yeah, not like she's trying to leave and he's like, whoosh, pushes her in the window. I, I, I think he's very obviously. Some people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she doesn't know. Like, she's that's brand right. new she baby. She doesn't know what she likes. And that's, that's my terrible. Point. And that's kind of my point. He knows about that. She does not. So I kind of. Well, I'm sorry. Do I push you against the wall? He seems uh-huh. more. He okay. seems. He Maybe seems. He, would like you to. he <laughs> seems. Go. He seems more human to me. Yeah. I see him as a human. Yeah, because humans are terrible. He doesn't. He, uh, he doesn't You're come right. across as. <laughs> As a replicant, at all. I think I would like him to be a replicant. I don't think Rachel really? comes across I, me, as a replicant. She had a lot of attitude, and I liked it. Yeah, more on. But I, as we first meet her, she's very. Nope, I could see it in her face. She smirks. Well, she's, she's a human like, actor, so. <laughs> I, I could just. Yeah, exactly. She's I could enjoy human. him being a replicant because then he's also some other breed uh, of replicant. Maybe Rachel is too. Maybe she's not. Um, but it could be interesting. It could make for an interesting sequel i imagine i haven't seen the cast list but i imagine sean young's not in this so i'm not sure she is i'd kind of like to it'd be kind of interesting to have him be old and weathered because his love died or no. yeah was retired by he some other blade his runner skin he just or got maybe they'll pull an independence uh, what's his name? and just ditch the old who is the holden Holden is still alive. Was still alive, I guess. He was just on life support. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he was totes dead. Well, he said that he said something about can't you have Holden do it? He's he's just as good as me. And he said right. he's fine as long as you don't plug him. That's, that's what Brian the, said. The maker guy. Holden no, is the Holden one that's interviewing Leon at the, the very beginning. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. And so he's been shot. Got you. Put out of commission, essentially. Well, I hope you guys are ready for a long movie because it's almost three hours long. Woo! What? The sequel? Yeah. Into it. Mm. And it's Ripley, right? Not Ripley. Uh, Ridley Ripley. is not. Uh, it's not. It's, it's Denny. Dennis Villeve. It's Denny, Villeve. apparently. Oh. Uh, yeah, French-Canadian Dylan. guy uh, who did Arrival and Sicario. Ooh, those are good credits. I'm into it. I love both of those movies. I haven't seen Sicario yet. I'm trying to watch that before this it's really good but arrival's really good so that one makes me excited that is to good see. that is good so, yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting i'm excited 185 million dollar budget it jesus fucking christ like that's a that's that means good. it's gonna that's be a, awesome no that's a hell of a gamble for a cult film sequel yeah. sorry like i don't know man and what you know that's kind of like here like I don't mean to cut you off. Do you want to finish? I was just going to say, like, with that yes, big I of a do. budget, you know, you take the practical the charm of the original and make it more CGI focused, probably. You know, I don't think it could be that bad because I don't know who his team was, but the Denny guy, uh, Arrival, I thought the CG was great. That was mm-hmm. in it. No. Like, it was very impressive. So, what. CGI will be in this. I'm sure he'll take note of not making it too ridiculous looking. Right. We we talked about we did a whole episode about late sequels, right? Uh-huh. But how many of those were successful or really successful? In terms of box office. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Man. 
you know, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, Finding Dory, <laughs> but Finding that's Dory, a Pixar movie, so you Terminator really Three was that. really successful, but mm-hmm. like a lot of the others were not. And we are talking so many years later. Whenever I so they played a preview of this before uh, Alien Covenant, right? When I saw it at uh, at AMC, mm-hmm. and there were plenty of people like at, when it came up Blade Runner twenty forty nine. They were like, "What the fuck is that?" Like heard people talking like what are what is that like there's no awareness mm-hmm. and the trailer is so ambiguous it doesn't it's it not is. welcoming yeah huh well i don't know i guess we'll see it's gonna be a gamble it's gonna I be like know, another... uh our theater is already has had pre-sales up for like a good week or two now yeah so i wonder they're hoping on it i yeah i can see why <laughs> like i'm i mean I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm happy that... And I hated this movie. I'm happy that the marketing isn't, like, super, you know, shoved down your throat. But at the same time, you're right. It's not going to sell the tickets. No, $185 million. I'm sorry, but I would be I would be shoving that down your throat as far <laughs> as I could get it. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't give anything away if I could help it. But aside from those previews on uh, at the Alien, uh, Alien Covenant and uh, whatever it was that Kendall and I saw it at, I can't I can't think of any other marketing or hmm. whatever that I've seen for this. Oh, here, hold on. What? Hold on for what? I guess she's going to go do something. Or maybe she's got something. She's got marketing. Oh. oh, yeah, we got Did you get a box? A loot box. Loot crate? Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Cool loot crate. Yeah, it's a sci-fi loot crate, I guess. I think so, because it had like um, it had a little. And it came with a Wallace Corporation, which I'm guessing is the new corporation who does who is now in charge of replicants. Probably Tyrell probably Tyrell's, went out because next yeah. fucked up. Well, and because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might have had somebody to take over, but maybe I would, it was I would rename the company. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, but yeah, she got a T-shirt that says Wallace Corporation on it. So hopefully, we like it. They seem to be pushing. I hope so. I mean, it's cool even, that it doesn't say Blade Runner. Even if way. it, I like that. Except for on the tag. Even yeah, if you can consider it a cult following, it's still a huge sci-fi movie. It is. Like it's on all the. I. I it's somewhere. I. I don't. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's on the sci-fi top, top one hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so we'll see. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very curious about uh, it. Kindle and I usually wait to go see movies on Wednesday because our local theater has $5 Wednesdays, but I'm definitely going to see this opening night. And when oh. would that be? October 6th. Mm-hmm. So? Yes? Kindle? Are you going to ask me my favorite scene? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Not the one where he throws her against the wall. We know you love old JF, so wouldn't you? Who's JF? JF Sebastian. Oh. My friends. My friends. I, I'm um. JF Sebastian. <laughs> also, random side note. What the hell is wrong with that other... Um, Not Roy, the other one. The male. That guy's Le- got Leon. Because when they're talking to the guy who makes eyes, he's picking up the eyes and just placing them on his shoulders behind him. <laughs> yeah, I feel really bad for that guy, too. Yeah. Like what? He, he just Why? looks like he's. Are you trying to creep him out? He makes those eyes. That's not creepy. What are you doing? You weirdo. Also, I want to know how old that actor is because he looks so old in this movie. 
he looks and the same right now. Yeah. Yeah, he like is, he's still looks like he is not aged. Kicking in. Uh, I think he's in his 60s. I don't care. That's, that'd be crazy because <laughs> he looks so old. And, he looks old in uh, Big Trouble in Little China, too. Yes, he does. Let me think hard. I'm going to pick Rachel's um, interview thingy. Uh, I That was the most interaction that I enjoyed. And also... I thought it was hilarious that they tried to do that like fade out thing where it seemed like time had lapsed, mm. but her in you can hear the question that he asked and it just could, the whole conversation continues. So no time had lapsed, but they were no. like, you asked a hundred questions. He did not ask a hundred questions. They were on the same question when he faded out, out to he when he back faded in. back in. Yeah. So I was like, what? At or they like, were just very similar questions. They no, had the same they words. They were the exact. It was the same question. One into the other. That's what I think it is. I think I noticed that too. I was like, "What is it supposed to be?" Okay. Even though it had that stupid part, that was just ridiculousness. Well, my favorite scene. Are you ready, Kendall? I'm ready for your stupid oh, scene. You're ready, kids. Because <sighs> uh, you're gonna hate me. My favorite scene is uh, the scene where him and Rachel are at the piano. Like, he, he yeah. wakes up after she's playing the tune, and mm-hmm. he comes over, and he says, I was dreaming music. I don't know why. I just like it. It's a very soft, intimate scene and something Is that when that she I runs like. away and then he rapes her? I feel like it's a... Yeah, it's right after that. Or right, be- right <laughs> before know, that. That's faux show rape. Cause she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just like, okay, I'll do what you say. Yeah, he yeah. tells her what to it's, say. Yeah. It's call, it's, That's it's, so it's effed up. It's a game, up. Kendall. It's a game. No, we're, it's effed up. We call it master and servant. <laughs> no, it, she didn't know that. <laughs> well, if you think about it, he does say, it, it, at first it seems pretty weird. Like he's saying, say kiss me. And so she says it. But then after a few moments, she says, put your hands on me, free of her own will. Yeah, well, she was just, she felt obligated at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but can she feel obligation? Yes. Whoa. She feels everything. Oh, deep Matt. She can feel sad. She can feel deep obligated. Matt came out. Because she cries. Trent. Yes. What's your favorite scene um, of Blade Runner? When everybody dies. <laughs> That's what Seth's favorite scene is. Yeah. The, the first thing that comes to mind, and I've already talked about it, is just the showdown between Deckard and Briss. I think that was a really cool scene. And it creeped me out. I love when she from, died. from the shot where he's walking into the. Sebastian's room mm-hmm. and she hops out of the veil. It's a veil, right? Mm-hmm. So from that to when she, you know, checks out. <laughs> Her scream was so annoying. Yeah. I was like, turn that thing off. I did. Well, yeah, I got it under my Literally, because it's a robot. Like, <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> I like that. That would have been mine, but I guess uh, since it can't be that, uh, I I really like, uh, I really like just seeing the cityscape and mm. the, like the hard work put into it with the music setting the, setting the atmosphere like. yeah i love the first time we meet him mm-hmm. and he's talking to the the restaurant Ron, owner yeah the, yeah and he's he can't four it, can't wasn't it a right. ramen bar or something two and two four oh. that's like a, uh, let's expand on that a little bit i think that it was cool that this film took the time to kind of show the streets of the city a little bit like the people yeah, people were dressed like, real weird it feels yeah. like a noir film yeah like because yeah. that's the thing uh, i I know I keep bringing up Ghost in the Shell, but it doesn't really focus on the residents of the city that much. Beyond, you focus on one storyline. Yeah, beyond like the montages line. with the theme song playing over it. It's, it's a noir film without the great economy of the 20s in New York. 
<laughs> where they all hang out at the same street corner and shoot every other day. Yeah. What's up this with the um, children slash midget gang that roams around messing with people? It's bringing soul to the city. I, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well it's there. Rewatch it. I I've it seen was it was Ridley's version like, of Jaws. It was like two children and three. Because they're literally stealing scraps. Little people, mm, and they're like machine. wearing like leather jackets, and they're like messing with his car, and then he like drives off because he's like, hey. Probably what happened is Ford's like, listen, I got these buddies, and uh, Lucas is hiring him for his next movie, but they got <laughs> nothing right now. Can we do something with him? He's like, oh yeah, sure, we'll put him in as a gang. And then they show up to set. He's like, holy shit, you didn't tell me they were Cabbage Patch Kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. And then he gets sued. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited to watch the final cut. I know that. I enjoyed the movie I saw, but I think it's possible I could love the movie I'm going to see. Uh, yeah, um, I've decided that this is in my top ten list of movies of all time. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you probably said that about all other. the films that I would couldn't put in my top ten. <laughs> probably. You're fucking dumb, <laughs> about all mine, too. <laughs> You're the dumbest person I've ever met. Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geek Cinema Podcast. I really, 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 I always say this, I say this every week, I really hope you enjoyed it, and I mean it, because this stuff means a lot to me. It's a, it's a create, it's a creation of mine, you know? Uh, you know, this music just makes me want to get deep and, and, uh, personal, so. (laughs) Um... Yeah, if you liked it, go to iTunes, subscribe. If you don't use iTunes, go to your podcast app and subscribe if you haven't already. But still, go to iTunes and leave us a review. That makes a huge difference in the charts, apparently. So, do that if you really liked the podcast. And uh, go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekcinemapod. Follow us on Instagram at geekcinema. And we're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash geekcinemapod, but we don't use it that much. And you can go find our website, geekcinemapod.com, and go through our entire back catalog. we got some really good episodes in there, if I may so say so myself. We've got some okay episodes in there. Um, and then join us next week. We're kicking off October with the 1931 Dracula with Bella G- Lugosi. Uh, I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. Uh, We're doing the entire Universal Monsters. Not the entire. I don't know why I said that. Okay, I'm rambling now. We're doing Universal Monsters for the month of October for Halloween. And uh, that's it. We'll see you all next week. Bada bing, bada boom. Woo!